Hello, welcome into another episode of the NRL SC Therapy Podcast. I am your host, the therapist. It's great to have you along. Rightio, let's crack into it. The center and the wing. Such a huge position. So many players, so many options to go with here in this position. Last year, the dynamic completely changed. Uh, Traditionally, it was a position where you'd fill it up with some cheapies, and maybe the odd gun here and there, but it was one of those spots where you basically just fill the rest of your team in with what you could, and things turned on its head last year with the way the game changed, and things just moved in a different direction, and all of a sudden, the guys that were playing in in teams scoring lots of points, uh, you needed those guys, Ruben Garrick, fellas like that, Brian Tall had an amazing year, and Joseph Manu was a great player in a great team last year who just came on, who before wasn't really relevant in Supercoach, even though he was a great player in the actual NRL, and he came to prominence. And all of a sudden, that position became almost like center center, uh, and the second row switched switched around. And instead of the priority being on gun second rowers, it uh, moved more towards having gun center wingers who were scoring so many tries when the game opened up last year. Uh, the jury's out on whether that's going to be the case again this year. You could tell it was a lot slower in the trials, and I guess that's that's more a product of the environment with with a lot less first graders playing. So it was definitely a, a slower game, and the refs were blowing the whistle a lot more. We didn't have those quick taps in your own half uh, when teams were intentionally uh, holding you down in the play of the ball and things like that. Uh, teams were kicking into touch. I mean, I think that's a great rule. And a lot of the time last year when it was six again, I'm like, nah, give us the penalty. We'd rather, we'd rather get down the other end of the field. So that's happening now. The six again will take place on the attacking side of the field, which is fine. And, you know, that should that should still free things up. And hopefully it's a free-flowing game still. Maybe not as much as it was last year. Although it was great if you had the guys absolutely killing it and scoring you a million points. The product itself for NRL, it, it, it sometimes it was a bit, oh, geez, what are we doing here? It was like an NBA All-Star game. It was just, you know, defense was optional. And a lot of the time, and, you know, the defense was still really solid, but the attack just overflowed. And, um, yeah, you want to see lots of attack. You want to see the ball getting thrown around and guys busting through, making plenty of breaks and things like that. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to, I think they're going to pull the reins back a little bit more this year. And there's going to be a little bit more. Uh, I think coaches will catch up with the new rules, and we're going to see more tactics and how to slow things down just a wee bit. Whether that be from the teams themselves or what the coaches have drawn up in the off season, I think the refs might be a little bit more stringent on things, and it won't be quite as willy nilly. Uh, because I mean, I think most people enjoyed it. Maybe it put a few people off, a few old school people off, going, "This isn't the rugby league guy." I, I grew up on, uh, and you know, from Supercoach point of view, it was fantastic. You know, if you had if you had Turbo, you were you were cheering. If you had Garrick, you were cheering. If you had uh, Tall, Cherry, you know, and Cherry Evans, and got just guys where you know when Manly was on fire, 
And, you know, they had some games last year where it was just nuts. And if you had all those blokes in your team all lined up, you were just cheering. It was fantastic. And like I said, I think things might change a wee bit this year. Let's go through the top 10 price players in the center wing position this year based on last year. So we've got to keep that in mind. And it's really interesting. Out of all the top 10 guys, the uh, ownership percentage is incredibly low. The, the highest owned player is Brian To'o at 12%. And the next highest is Garrick at 8%. After that, everybody is 4% owned or lower. So it just shows last year might have been a bit of an anomaly. All those blokes had career years and thus their price has gone through the roof. And they're probably not, they're probably overpriced going into this year and people are steering clear. Ruben Garrick, 767500. He averaged 87.5 last year. Like I said, 8% ownership. Playing on that wing uh, for Manly, kicking goals. He's, his goal kicking really improved, and he was an excellent goal kicker last year. And I think this year as well, that should flow on as long as Turbo's fit. So much about what Manly does rolls around Turbo. And if he's out, Garrick becomes a way less desirable option. But he had a really, really good year last year, didn't he? And I think he will again this year. You just, I can't start with him. I need to spend my money elsewhere. I mean, if I've got 767500 to spend and it's going to be either him or maybe um, David Fafita in the same position, I would take Fafita because I think Fafita is an outlier in the second row. I, you know, if, I think he's one of those blokes who can just do things that other second rowers can't. And that's why I think Fafita is an option above, say, Garrick. Someone who is probably on level with Fafita is Brian Tottle, 736500, averaged 84 last year. He's in 12% of teams. Um, the hardest working uh, player in the Penrith side, I reckon, just does so much out of their backfield to um, with territory. He can finish uh, with that gun back line that they've got. And he is probably one I'm really tossing up with it to uh, bring into my side. And you think you've only got uh, you've only got a finite number of guns that you can bring into your 25 and he is peak price is he worth it it's it's a real tricky one it's going to be one of those ones where you have a look i mean penrith's draw is okay the draw doesn't really matter too much for penrith because they're such a good team um so they're basically going to be favorites in every game they play bar maybe a game down at the storm or something like that and at that price he's I think he's I think he's worth it. I think he's definitely worth it. Uh, because even though if the game slows down, I don't know if that's going to affect him too much because he scores so many of his points. He can score a lot of points in a grind anyway with all those hit-ups. And, yeah, and I think uh, they'll find a way to get to him on that left edge. And, he, you know, he's going to score plenty of tries as well. So, yeah, he's definitely worth forking out for, I believe. Third on the list, Adam Dewey. Unfortunately, we know about the knee. He's going to be out for at least half the season. Alex Johnston, 6'38", He averaged 72 last year on that lethal left edge for Souths. Um, will things change? Will they stay the same? Hard to know. I can't go near Alex Johnston at 6'38", 200. Uh, it's been talked about. You look at the draw. They do have a tough start to the year to the Bunnies, and then things do free up. Alex Johnston might become one of those guys if he has a quiet uh, first month or so of the season and you see some price drops, you might be able to pick him up for 450 to 500 come round seven, round eight, and their draw opens right up. 
and you know he's a try scorer, you know that the points are going to come for him, and he could become a real prime option there. So that's one, I think he's one to, to store away and maybe uh, have another look at after about six or seven weeks. Dane Gagai, uh, Alex Johnson's former teammate, moved up to Newcastle, 599-700. Sorry, Dane, can't do it, mate. Average 68 last year playing for Souths. You're not going to get 68 points this year uh, every week playing at Newcastle, and I can't go near you at 600 grand. Uh, Josh Mansour, 570-700, playing on the right edge there for Souths. Again, I think he's a little overpriced. I wouldn't be going near him either. Uh, again, like I mentioned, the tough starts of the year, and I, I think he's I think he's past his best now, Josh Mansour, and he might be struggling to even hold his position in the team uh, by mid-season. Valentine Holmes up at the Cowboys, five five nine eight hundred. Sounds like he's not going to be playing fullback; he's going to be playing center. Alarm bells! I I know he might be a decent distributor in the centers there, but. That position is a really tricky one, and he's not a natural center. I'll be steering clear of him as well. Jordan Rapina uh, comes in eighth on the list at 554-700. Average 63 last year on the quiet, Jordan Rapina. Uh, suspended for uh, the early part of the season, uh, unfortunately for Rapina. So that probably rules him out for a lot of people who won't be patient enough to bring him in and just be a a holder there till he can get back on the field. And that's probably fair enough too. Uh, Jesse Ramian at the Sharks at 552-900. Average 63 last year. Had another solid year. You, we know what Ramian can do. He's one of those He's one of those guys where he's not a lock in your center wing. He's one of those uh, maybe if kind of players. He He's not quite consistent enough for me. Um, he's only in 1% of teams. And, you know, he finished ninth in the, uh, finished ninth last year in terms of his point scoring and his average. So it just shows and his new teammate, Mac Ekavalu, 546-300. That's too much for Matt playing on a wing in a new team. Again, Cronulla a little untested. They've got a new half there with Nico Hines. How's that going to work? We're not too sure just yet. I would be steering clear. A couple of guys that aren't in the top 10 that are worth talking about before I'll move on to the all-important jewels who are going to be a necessity, I believe, this year. Uh, we've just we've just seen what's happened with the Broncos, with Adam Reynolds and uh, Kobe Hetherington and maybe a few others out with COVID. I mean, this is going to happen right throughout the season. Depth is going to be so important. And I think also having uh, the dual flexibility more than any other season is going to matter if you can switch guys in and around because you thought you had your plans in place, and then boom, uh, breaking news, X player is out, Y player is out, and then uh, humming, 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 you're scrambling, what am I going to do? Oh, I could just move this guy from the second row into my centers, I'll switch him around, I've got depth up there, etc., etc. You're going to need it this year, you're definitely going to need it. Uh, so, Joey Manu, 539-400, had an excellent season last season in a, in a rooster side that we all know, struggled with injuries, and they were nowhere near their best. Uh, he was fantastic. It was brilliant when he was playing fullback there while Tedesco was out. Had a bit of a roving commission when he went back into the centers and was uh, hovering around the ball in the middle of the field a little bit, which was awesome to see. 539-400, very, very tempting. His teammate, very tempting as well, Daniel Tupo at $518,000. 
He's only at 3% ownership. Manu's at 12% ownership. So a lot of people like Manu. Not as many on Tupo. I'm very high on Tupo. I think he's he's got his left edge locked in. He's definitely going to be playing there. They're going to score a lot of points. He's going to score a lot of tries. He's got a good work rate. Decent chance he is going to be in my side come uh, come round one next week. Um, Zach Lomax at 496,800. Um, a bit of a quietest year last year. 56.7 was his average. He's in 13% of teams so far to start this year. Goal kicking for St. George, which is a plus. Hopefully that they, their attack can start to gel. He'll have plenty of opportunities to um, to kick for goal. He's an excellent center. You can see what he can do. And uh, you saw what he did in the charity shield there where he set up, um, where he ran through. Just He just got silky skills. He's popped that flick pass of his. is just brilliant. And he was doing that last year as well. And if he can find that form, again, he had injuries last year. If he can find that form and stay fit, he's a fantastic option, I believe, Zach Lomax. And he might be one I might try and find um, the money for to bring into my team as well. So you've got so many options there. Do you run with cheapies? There's lots of cheapie options that I will go through. Do you just run with cheapies? Do you sprinkle in? Some uh, some high pedigree players like your Tupos, like your Lomaxes, like your Manus, uh, and then maybe one top tier guy like a Tor, or have you spent your money elsewhere and you just you don't have a choice but to go with cheapies in the backs and hopefully they can jag some tries. If you are going to do that, I think you need to play cheapies that are playing in good teams where they've got far more opportunity to score tries, and we'll go through those in a minute. First, I want to talk about the jewels. Like I said, I think the jewels are going to be really important this year. Let's start with the jewels that are playing, that have the second row option as well. Jack Bird at 498, 600. Is he going to be on an edge at St. George? Is he going to play in the middle? Not too sure because they've got uh, Tarek Sims. Uh, they've brought in Jaden Sewer. So they've got two edge back rowers there. So I don't know what they're going to do there. It's going to be interesting to see how they play Jack Bird, what his minutes are. He's injury prone too, the poor bugger. So he's a big question mark. You win Aiken at 486. Uh, what's Nathan Brown going to do with him? Is he going to be a starting second rower? Uh, we've seen him score well in the second row last year for the Warriors, and they do have a reasonably soft draw to start the year. If he is playing, if he's playing 80 minutes in the second row, it's going to be very tough not to have him in your team because he will score well. If you're, if he, even if he's scoring 60 points. 60 points a game for a guy under 500,000 that has dual flexibility, I think it's gold. Uh, Tyron Peachy on the list at 463,800. I think he's going to uh, play lock this year for the Tigers. I think he'll do a good job. Uh, the key word in that last sentence was Tigers. So I can't go near him at 463,800. Uh, Dylan Walker at 389,400. Look, he's going to be a bench player. He did play some pretty decent minutes off the bench last year for Manly. And I can see that happening again this year. He has signed with the Warriors. I don't know if Desi really cares about that. He'll just play Walker regardless. Um, possibly better options than Dilla Walker. And the guy I'm thinking of next is Bo Firma at 379-300. Word is he is, he is going to get a starting spot on the edge for the Titans uh, in front of Kevin Proctor. Um, I, like I, I have mentioned, I think Proctor's time is almost up in the NRL. And I can see him playing Super League up in England as early as next year. Uh, and Bo Firma had a really good end to last year. The fact that you can play him in the centres as well, if you want to shore up your centre wing position, 
if you want to play it that way. I'm actually thinking of playing my jewels in the second row and having more attacking options in the centers. And uh, whereas in the past, you'd have your forwards locked down into that center wing spot. I'm actually thinking about flipping it and doing it the other way. I'm just going to see how the first week or two plays out. But Firmer is a great option. Um, I've put down Murata Niakore because I think he's an excellent NRL player. If he can just tone down, uh, he, sometimes he's a little bit over-physical and he can get himself suspended. At 359-900, playing for a really good Parramatta team, he will be in the 17 once he's available. Uh, he is suspended for the first week, I believe. He's one to look out for, I think. Um, Isaac Tago at uh, Penrith, very, very popular player. Uh, he's in half of Supercoach teams at the moment. Uh, I think if he's going to be starting in the centres for Penrith, I think you need to get him in at sub-300. And I may be playing him in my second row because there are so many uh, centre options available. So he might end up uh, as a better second row option for me than centre. Uh, I think the, the thing with, obviously, with having Jules is... Ideally, you want to have one playing in the second row and one in centre so you can move them around. Uh, if, you've, if you're going to have, like I'm thinking about having Firma and Tago both in my second row, uh, it takes away the flexibility. The flexibility is gone if you don't have another one of them down in the centre. So I might end up with three. We'll wait and see how it plays out. If you need a cheapie just to uh, move around in the likes of a uh, Bench of Voivich mould, then Shannon Harris is the way to go. One seven five four hundred playing uh, at well, he won't be playing at Penrith, and that's why he's a great option. Ben Travojevic is probably going to be in game day eighteens uh, or twenties or whatever number it's going to be with uh, how things have changed with COVID. Uh, he is out for the first few weeks as well. He did pick up an injury, but when he's back, he's most likely going to be uh, in that squad and can become an A issue for you. So there's some options there for your center wing second rowers. Center wing 5-8, there's a couple of options there, and it's the same kind of thing. If you're getting one, it's almost worth getting the other so you can use that flexibility. And I'm talking Kurt Mann at 383-300 and Telltale Amon at 284-500. I think Kurt Mann, if he's playing lock for Newcastle, I think you need him in your team. Uh, he, Kurt Mann's a really, really good player. We saw that a couple of years ago with Supercoach. He had a really strong year. And I think Kurt Mann might be taking on that role that uh, Connor Watson had last year at Newcastle was a ball-playing um, ball playing uh, middle there at 13. Uh, Kurt Mann is a solid defender. He's got enough in attack, and I think they need all the help they can get in attack. Uh, with Clune and Clifford, you know, they're not, they're not proven players, proven playmakers, I don't feel, and... Caelan Pong is going to need more help, and, and I think that's where Kurt Mann comes in. So I think he's going to get a lot of game time. He's an excellent option to have at center wing 5'8", and you can blend him in with Talata Amon at 284-500, who looks like he's going to be the starting 5'8 for the Dragons. Again, I don't know enough about Amon. Uh, from what I've read and what I've heard, he's a young player on the rise who has got a good attacking game, which is all we need in Supercoach. So... One of, or ideally both, for the flexibility is a great option. Another one in the left field is center wing slash hooker. I'm talking Adam Kieran at $320,400 at the Roosters. 
We know Joseph Suwali is out for at least the first couple of weeks while he's recovering from his injuries from last year. Adam Kieran is probably the best goal kicker in the club. So you'd have to think that if he can jag a center spot, he will be doing the goal kicking as well. And I will take that at 320400 He did a really good job. He was one of those guys for the Roosters last year in an undermanned side who probably wasn't in uh, most teams' best 17s. He had to be in the Roosters' best 17. And he did a really good job uh, for them last year. Real tradesman's-like job. And for someone who was um, traditionally more of a half, he did a really good job in the centres. Defensively, I thought he played really well. And he might even jag a spot if Billy Smith isn't ready. Uh, they're not sure what they're going to do with Momorowski. He might jag a spot. And the fact that he's dual, you can slot him in a hooker. Not a bad wee option there. Just something out of left field. All right. The center wing and fullback. This one's a great spot for those guys that are going to be playing in fullback. But you can pick them up in the centers. Really, really handy to have. And Joey Manu, I've talked about, he's in there. He's a prime candidate. And, I mean, touch wood, if Tedesco goes down, Manu's going straight into fullback, and everyone's going to bring him in. Um, Tedesco will be playing Origin, and you never know what Robbo might do there. They, he might be getting the odd week off. Now and then, Manu has proven he is more than capable of playing fullback. Dallin Wittesny Zelezniak at 467 100 a little bit of a left field one. I think he's awkwardly priced, but if the Warriors do have that really strong uh, start to the year that people think they may, he's not a bad option there on the end of that back line. Tyrell Sloan at 447-500. A little bit too awkwardly priced for me. He's unproven. He's only played a handful of games. He does look good. He does look good. For the limited games he played last year, he did average 63.8. So that's something to think about for Tyrell Sloan. He's a wait and see for me. I'm just going to see how he goes. If he looks a million bucks, uh, then, you know, I'll, you'll bring him in. Um, but you've got a couple of weeks just to wait and see. And it, just at that awkward price, I'm just going to hold off for now. Stephen Crichton at 432-300. I think Crichton's going to have a bounce back year. Um, in a season, he was a bit all over the show last year. And playing in a strong team, I think he's going to bounce back and play really, really well for Penrith. And that's not a bad price, 432-300. The Hammer, Hammer so Tabuai Fido up at the Cowboys. Looks like he's going to be playing fullback. Lightning speed, 418,800. Playing in a struggling team, can't do it. Uh, one guy who's piqued my interest is Rocco Berry at the Warriors, 322-200. He is quite well priced. Um, again, untested. And I just want to wait and see on him. He might be one of those blokes where after a couple of weeks, I'll be going, boom, he's coming straight into the side uh, before the price rises go up. Uh, Selwyn Cobbo, a very popular pick. He's in 27% of teams at 320-100. Will he play fullback? Will he play wing? Will he even play? Who knows what Kibby's going to do? I've got a feeling the Broncos are really going to struggle. And with Reynolds being out, uh, with other guys in doubt. They don't know who the 5'8 the was going to be. Now they need to pick another halfback. Who knows what's going to happen up in Brisbane. And I think Cobbo may struggle as a consequence of the rest of the team not having uh, their shit together. So I'm steering clear of Cobbo. Again, he might be one of those blokes who looks a million bucks at fullback and you can get him in the centers at 320 and then you go, okay, I got that wrong. Let's fix it. I'm bringing him in. 
Sean Russell at 285-400. Looks like he'll be playing on a wing for uh, Parramatta, who have a really enticing start um, to their season. Their draw looks really, really good. Russell should be on the end of a lot of uh, backline action and dotting down for tries. 285-400, not a bad option. Cody Ramsey at 268-900. He'll probably play on the wing. Sloan will probably play at fullback. Ramsey's not a bad option either, I don't think. And he knows how to score a try. He's got a fantastic try in the charity shield there. Brilliant finish in the corner. And he's got a lot of speed. He's a good option too. Uh, I talked about Joseph Suwali. If he wasn't injured, he'd be in the team at 259-500. He's a guy to uh, cool your jets over while he is out for a few weeks. Totau Cooler at 175-400 for Manly. Speed to burn. We heard about uh, his 100-meter record and things at school. Um, won't be a starting player, I wouldn't have thought. I think he's going to um, he's going to have to wait for an injury or something to take place or some poor form for him to get a crack. But at 175-400, he's not going to hurt you. He's going to help you in terms of fitting in all your players in the salary cap. Let's have a look at the cheapies under 400. Xavier Coates at 358-400. Playing on the uh, left edge there for Melbourne. Hard to go past. Will his uh, rate improve, his work rate improve because he had some bludges for the Broncos, had some really poor scores if he wasn't dotting down for a try? You would think that would improve at the Storm. You definitely think the uh, the try scoring output will, will definitely improve. So I think he's a bloke you definitely need to uh, consider for your side. Uh, some other uh, cheapies to talk about. Kevin Aguama at 306900 Will he get a spot at the Roosters? It's hard to say. If he does get picked on the wing, it's going to be hard to avoid him. And also Billy Smith, his teammate at 294600 Oliver Gildart, two hundred eighty grand at the Tigers. Untested at NRL level, and I'll be steering clear. Jordan Pereira at two sixty six five hundred um, might nab a spot on the wing for the Broncos, but how many opportunities will he get in a team that I think will struggle? He does have a good base and a good work rate. He's a decent option. Will Penasini two five five seven hundred at Parramatta. Uh, all things point to him being in the centres, and he's got that spot locked down. Looks like a solid player, and I think he's going to be in most people's teams come round one. Uh, Taylor May at and Robert Jennings, two blokes vying for a possible wing spot there. That's one to look out for um, for Teamless Tuesday uh, for Penrith. Taylor May at 252-500. Robert Jennings at 229-100. You have to think if they don't go with Staines and they go with one of these boys, bring them into your team. Um, a couple of cheapies. Uh, Viliami Vailia. 205-100, there's talk that he's going to get a center spot at the Warriors. I don't know much about his game, but neither I don't know much about the next three blokes either, but they are cheap and they are on the fringe. And that's Paul Alamotti, Jojo Fafita, and Isaiah Tass at the Dogs, Titans, and Bunnies respectively, all uh, bottom dollar there at 175-400 and worth just sliding in uh, into your team. Guys that are, I think will get a chance at some stage during the year. Uh, Alamotti got found out in his trial, first trial the Dogs had against uh, Newcastle. Um, they made him look silly, and he'll learn from that. Uh, Jojo Fafita looked really good in the Titans' one and only trial, and uh, he must he's down on the depth chart there in the centre wing, but he's one that will probably get uh, a go at some stage if injuries or form uh, permit. So there's a lot of names I've just gone through there in the centre wing. So many options to go with. 
And you've got to think that at some stage, a lot of those guys that I talked about towards the end will get a run. So I think in order to keep under your salary cap, you, you need cheap blokes anyway. And ideally, they play at some stage. Ideally, they start from round one. That's not always going to be the case. So you do need to fill your squad maybe with one or two guys who aren't going to start, but will get a go at some stage. In saying that, depth is important. Is it worth just going with a bunch of mid-rangers right throughout your second row and your center in order to get 25 guys that are going to be playing round one? So if COVID chaos hits, then you're not going to be as affected as most other teams that uh, are going with... Um, you know, a bunch of guns and a bunch of duds and a bunch of nuffs. Uh, it's, yeah, there's so many things to think about here. It's going to be, you can do all the planning in the world and then it all turns to crap uh, three hours before kickoff uh, when they take their test or you'll find out an hour before the game starts when they uh, when the teams are announced. So you really need to keep all that in, under consideration. So, and that's where center wing is a tricky one. I'm thinking about probably playing two uh Two proven performers, maybe one or two mid-rangers uh, with the dual option there, and at least two cheapies, possibly even three cheapies. Something to think about. Uh, we've only got one more episode to go of previewing positions, and that's going to be fullback. Um, we've got the gun options there, and after that, it really falls off a cliff. So that'll be short and sweet. I'll go with uh, I'll go with that, and then a bunch of uh, questions from the listeners. Uh, until then, thanks very much for listening. Be a friend and tell a friend, and I'll catch you next time on the NRL SC Therapy Podcast. A man decides after 70 years, that's what he goes there for, is to unlock the door. Well, those around him criticize and sleep.